Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 25th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. We have a deal, a raw deal. So apparently the U.S. government is going to spend more money that it doesn't have. I'll get to that here in just a minute. First, let's take a look at gold this week. It took back some of the losses that we saw in the wake of last week's Fed meeting and the uh, perpetuation of the, oh my gosh, the Fed is going to tighten soon myth. But uh, there seems to be a lot of resistance at about the $1,800 an ounce level right now. We got close to that on Wednesday morning. We got to $1,794.50, but couldn't quite break through. And basically, gold has been trading sideways uh, through the rest of the week. You know, we're still getting a lot of mixed messaging coming out of the Fed. I talked last week about how dovish Jerome Powell was after the FOMC meeting. And then here comes St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard, who said maybe the first rate hike could come as soon as 2022. That freaked markets out on Friday. Uh, Gold sold off even more. Stocks tanked. The dollar gained strength. It was almost as if Bullard announced an actual rate hike. Of course, he did no such thing. And it seems like the markets might have at least partially digested that fact over the weekend. After the big sell-off on Friday, everything reversed on Monday. Investors sold treasuries. Gold reclaimed some of its losses. Uh, They bought back commodities and the cyclical stocks. So they started to act like maybe inflation was a problem again. So what actually changed between Monday and Friday? Well, absolutely nothing. This is what I would call open-mouth monetary policy. Peter Schiff called it uh, no-stick monetary policy. You remember Teddy Roosevelt saying, talk softly and carry a big stick. The Fed is doing the opposite. It's yelling like a banshee, but it's not carrying a stick at all. It's all talk, talk, talk. Jerome Powell was talking again on Tuesday when he took a little trip up to Capitol Hill to chit-chat with Congress. Keeping with the dovish tone that he set during the FOMC meeting, Powell reiterated that the central bank is not going to rush to raise interest rates. And he said the Fed would not hike rates merely in response to inflation worries. He said, quote, we will not raise interest rates preemptively because we fear the possible onset of inflation. We will wait for evidence of Now get this, actual inflation or other imbalances. One has to wonder what exactly Powell considers actual inflation. I mean, how much do prices have to go up before inflation becomes actual? Keep in mind, CPI has come in hotter than expected every single month this year. If you just annualize the first five months of the year, you get something like a 6.5% increase in CPI on the year. That's not actual inflation. And consider this, just last September, the Fed was projecting an inflation rate of 1.7% for 2021. Powell did concede that prices are rising faster than expected, but he maintained that it's nothing to be concerned about. Uh, He said, these effects have been larger than we expected, and they may turn out to be more persistent than we have expected. But the incoming data are very consistent with the view that these are factors that will wane over time, and inflation will then move down toward our goals, and we'll be monitoring that carefully. So in other words, inflation is, say it with me, ladies and gentlemen, 
transitory. I found this interesting, too. Powell said that the central bank was committed to a, quote, broad and inclusive job market recovery. He said the Fed was not only looking at headline unemployment numbers, and he emphasized we will look at all kinds of measures. This gives the Fed another out to keep loose monetary policy in place, even if the headline unemployment numbers rapidly improve. So, After Bullard claimed we could see rate hikes next year, Powell is telling us that monetary policy tightening is something for the distant future. So who in the heck do you believe? Well, really, who cares what these guys are saying? Here's the real question. What is the Fed actually doing? My friend Ryan McMakin over at the Mises Institute put it perfectly in an article. In spite of whatever other statements might be made about Fed officials or about how the economy is relatively strong or improving, the fact is Fed policymakers voted unanimously on Wednesday against tapering of any kind and in favor of continued extremely accommodative policy. So here's the reality. Rates are at zero. The Fed is buying bonds. In fact, the Fed balance sheet eclipsed $8 trillion earlier this month. Think about that. The central bank has nearly doubled its balance sheet from where it was at its max in the wake of the Great Recession. They couldn't shrink the balance sheet then. Why in the world does anybody think they can shrink it now? Look, nobody knows what's going to happen in August, much less in 2022 or 2023. I mean, the Fed doesn't exactly have a good track record when it comes to projections. Did anybody think in 2019 that interest rates would be at zero in June 2021? No, the projection uh, was for rates to be going up. We were normalizing. I mean, remember back in 2018, balance sheet reduction was on autopilot. But Mike, nobody expected COVID-19. Well, in the first place, the Fed was cutting rates and pivoting back to QE months before COVID-19 because the economy got all shaky when the Fed made its first real effort to normalize monetary policy. And in the second place, the point that nobody expected COVID-19 is exactly the point. When Jerome Powell says the Fed may raise rates in 2023, he's just talking. He has no clue. Nobody has a clue. So we have to look at what we actually know. What we know is what the Fed is doing now. It's still printing money and rates are still at zero. And here's another thing we know. There is more debt than ever before, and there's more debt every day, and there's more debt coming down the pike. And while I'm not confident in Powell or Bullard's ability to project rate hikes in 2023, I am very confident when I tell you that the debt pileup isn't about to stop. And that brings us to Biden's deal. Yesterday, the president announced that there is an agreement among all parties involved on an infrastructure plan. It's a $1.2 trillion bipartisan deal to, as Reuters put it, renew the nation's roads, bridges, highways, and help stimulate the economy. Infrastructure plan. I, I read that and I thought, wow, they misspelled pork barrel spending. Now, the first question you should ask is how are they going to pay for this? Well, I can tell you exactly how. They're going to borrow more money, and the Fed is going to monetize that debt. In other words, we're basically going to print this money into existence. In fact, if you look at the proposal, most of the, quote, 
paying for it is clearly just a bunch of BS. They don't want to raise taxes. I mean, that's politically untenable. Biden has pledged not to increase taxes on Americans earning less than $400,000 a year. That's most Americans. Republicans are determined to protect Trump's corporate tax cuts. So they're pulling out the mirrors and they're blowing a bunch of smoke to make you think this boondoggle is actually going to be paid for. There are reportedly more than a dozen so-called funding mechanisms for this plan. Like one of them is a $100 billion in estimated tax revenues from a ramp up in enforcement by the Internal Revenue Service. That doesn't bode well, right? And, And this reminds me of that old, we're going to pay for Medicare by stopping fraud. You know, politicians like to bandy this kind of stuff around, or we're going to pay for this by making it more efficient. That never happens. Do these savings ever materialize? No. Some other funding will supposedly come from unused COVID-19 aid money and unemployment insurance funds returned by U.S. states. Now, again, do you really think the states are going to give this money back? You know damn well they're going to figure out some way to spend it. You also might hear that this is going to create so much economic growth, it will pay for itself. This is also hogwash. All of this debt retards economic growth. I actually published an article about that this week at shiftgold.com news. I'll link to that in the show notes page. So basically, the U.S. government is going to borrow more money. And by the way, I'll bet you gold coins to donuts, it ends up costing more than $1.2 trillion. And the mainstream thinks the Fed is on the verge of ending QE. Please, the Fed is going to have to buy a lot more bonds and print a lot more money to fund this Biden spending spree and the next one that comes down the pike after that. So when you hear people say no tax hikes to pay for this, remember, you're going to be paying for it through the inflation tax. Never forget, you don't get government for free. You pay one way or another. And by the way, what good are Republicans? I mean, this is being touted as this wonderful bipartisan deal. Always remember this. Whenever you hear the words bipartisan deal, you're getting screwed. Yeah, it's a deal, all right, a raw deal. Republicans have turned into Democrat light. They don't even make good opposition anymore. These people have embraced all of the premises of the left. They love stimulus. They love big government. They love borrow and spend. They just want to do it a little bit different or maybe spend not quite as much. You know, keep it to $1.2 trillion instead of $2 trillion. You clowns, we don't have $1.2 trillion either. So, yeah, in making the deal, the Republicans managed to get rid of some of the more radical programs, such as new spending on home health care and child care, which Biden tried to sell as human infrastructure. Okay, that's great. Great on the Republicans. But you know what? They apparently have the votes to block this garbage. Why make a deal? Where is the principled opposition? Why aren't the Republicans saying, no, get the government out of way, shrink government spending, stop running up all of this debt? I'll tell you why. Because most of them believe in big government, just like the Democrats. They've bought into all of the economic fallacies. They bought into all of the social BS. They think their tinkering and their legislating is a good substitute for the free market, just like the Democrats. The Republicans have become basically just... They're the same side, or two different sides of the same coin, Democrats and Republicans. Anyway, I'm sure they'll get this passed, and the sad thing is, after they spend these trillions of dollars, the next batch of politicians will be screaming that we have to do something about the crumbling infrastructure. You know, these narratives never change. 
Speaking of narratives, we're probably on the brink of another debt ceiling battle. Janet Yellen was running around this week warning that Congress needs to go ahead and get the ceiling raised. You might recall that Trump just simply suspended borrowing limits for two years. That expires at the end of July. Now, mark my words. Republicans are going to grandstand, and we're going to go up to the brink, and they're going to start talking about how bad the debt is and how irresponsible Democrats are with all of this spending. And when you hear this, I want you to remember that these same sociopaths made a $1.2 trillion infrastructure deal with the devil Democrats. Oh, and uh, when it's all said and done, they'll come together with a bipartisan deal to raise the debt ceiling, and then they'll go off and have cocktails together. The bottom line is you're getting a raw deal, but mostly we have no control over this. It is what it is, right? But we can control how we prepare for the consequences of these politicians' actions. We can take steps to protect ourselves and our wealth from the economic chaos that these clowns are creating. A shift gold precious metal specialist can help with that. Just give them a call at 1-888-GOLD-160 or you can shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. They will talk to you as an individual. They will look at your personal situation, your portfolio, your gold, or your goals, and they'll help you figure out how precious metals can work into your investment strategy. Well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of the stories and more. Keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com slash news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes. Uh, we're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're on Stitcher. You'll find links to everything on the show notes page. Appreciate you listening to the show. I'll talk to you next week.